0: All right. All right. And we are live. It is the voice of the Millennial Podcast back here. I don't know that we ever actually identify our names in the beginning. uh, In the last, how many? Is this the fourth?
1: This is, yeah, this is the fourth one. Fourth one?
0: Fourth one, I think. Yeah. So to start tonight, before we get into our conversation, um, just uh, let's uh, do a quick introduction. Uh, of who we are and uh, we'll talk for a second to get into our conversation, which uh, will be a part two uh, of our conversation here from two weeks ago. If you haven't seen that, scroll back on any of our pages here about two weeks uh, and you can see the last one about close to 500 of you have already taken a look at that, which is incredible. Um, So we're just looking to see uh, more of you. So, and and as soon as you come on first, this is what I want you to do. I want you to like this uh, and I want you to share this. This helps us spread the word out and get these conversations out to more and more people to hear. Um, So to start, I guess I'll go first and then um, these other two gentlemen here will uh, tell you who they are. My name is Justin Smiley. Um, I am uh, coming to you from the great sunshine state of Florida, uh, and I am a musician and minister in uh, my local church here in Florida. Off to you guys.
2: Well, I'm uh, I'm Philip Ross. I am originally from Atlanta, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm hailing right now from the great cold state of Alaska. <laughs> really good. um I'm 24 years old. i uh, been married for about three years now, uh, no kids yet, but um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a licensed minister with the United Pentecostal Church International, um, and, and I'm also a, a worship leader here at my local church, and um, also a youth leader as well.
0: Also a drummer.
2: Also a- <laughs> <laughs> Count them up, man. Count them up. Count them
1: up. <laughs> uh, hello, guys. I'm Caleb Ross. Um, I'm Philip's brother. I'm also from Atlanta, Georgia, and I, right now, I'm in the military, so I am hailing from the state of Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, my church, I go to POBC, Pentecostals of Bossier City. I'm heavily involved there. I play music. Um, I'm an expire, aspiring minister, and um, it's great to be here.
2: I thought you said an expired minister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but aspiring, aspiring. aspiring.
2: I'm,
0: a, I'm a <laughs> <laughs> My time's almost oh, up. Oh, man. That was great. At least you realize your season's up. I guess. <laughs> hey, some people don't know when their season's up. They'd be
1: up there like expired milk. Uh, let me just leave that alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going there already. All right. Everybody, yeah, just... <laughs> the other thing you need to do is keep a sip of water close by because you never know what's going to come out of one of our mouths. You never um, know. <laughs> <laughs> Philip's probably the friends. nicest one
1: <laughs> Yeah, Philip is probably the most diplomatic of the two say that. Understand this, uh, whatever we talk about We are not speaking from a place of anger We are not speaking from a place Never. of bitterness We are just talking and having a conversation Because a lot of people do not like to have real and raw conversations And that is the purpose of this So please take everything we say out of a place of Out of a good place of our hearts And we're not here trying to Blast anybody. We don't say names. We don't blast anybody. We just simply talk. So that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, um, man, that was great. Uh, Of course, yesterday was Christmas time. Um, How did that feel for you guys this year?
2: Um, Holiday. Oh, man, this has felt like uh, the most less Christmassy Christmas I've ever. Facts. No. You know, it, I don't know, man. It's a, it was, it was kind of a weird one. I mean, honestly, I just didn't really feel like celebrating necessarily. I mean, I, I mean, people always talk about, you know, the reason for the season and all that and all that. It's just, I mean, it's been a year, man. So it's like, it's Dude. like, you know, I kinda took this time to just relax mainly. I didn't really get caught up with the whole buying presents thing and like yeah. getting. I really didn't get caught up in any of that. I, I, I kind of used this time as just the time to relax reflect on the year go ahead and map out the goals for 2021 and um try to you know spiritually strengthen myself for whatever's coming you know
1: that's right Where about yeah. you, um same same here um i was planning i've been you know i'm single so i'm lonely 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 so the uh, listen the, holidays, listen,
0: is- <laughs> listen, the, uh
1: the uh so i was pretty much by myself at the house you know chilling getting ready to deploy and um in pretty soon so i've uh, just been you know packing you know doing some stuff uh actually yesterday on christmas family from my church had actually invited me over to uh christmas to do christmas with them so that was it was a very unexpected uh surprise but um i definitely enjoyed it even though i'm an introvert i definitely enjoyed it so um but like philip i've just been i wrote down my goals made them my screensaver and um it's gonna be pretty school heavy i uh, got like eight classes to knock out this year Oh, wow. And um, I'm going to get them knocked out, submit my package and see if I can become Dr. Ross here pretty soon. So we'll
0: see. All right. All right. Dr. Divinity. Both. Oh, oh, oh. oh OK, OK. Oh. All two. right. Dr. Ross. <laughs> I, I just want you to know um, I am also married, um, you know, and uh, I have my, my lovely wife uh, as well. The only single one of us is Caleb um, and he's in the military. So you have a chance, you know, those guys fall in love really quick. So, um, you know.
1: <laughs> Last time that didn't work out too well, but that's another story for another day.
0: <laughs> <It's a> damn- <laughs> I
2: can write a book on that one, man. Oh man. Story.
1: I can write a book on that one. Yeah, probably a number one bestseller on Amazon.
0: Oh Lord. All right. So, anyways, we'll leave that alone. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I think that was a really big one, though, that you guys will talk about with the goals. I've been working on on, on um, my goals here for the, probably since around October, kind of honing in on what uh, what, what do I want twenty twenty one to look like. Honestly, a lot of it was carryovers from what I was hoping twenty twenty <laughs> was going to look like. Mm, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but um, yeah, man, that that's that's awesome. So to kind of pick back up where we left off, first of all, again, I got to go back and tell you, you need to go back and look at what we talked about two weeks ago. Um, But tonight we're going to pick the conversation back up. There were three questions that we went over in our last uh, episode that um, we were dealing with. Number one, we were asking if the church is judgmental and if so, why? you need to go to watch the episode to understand the answers to that, which I think are gonna be uh, very helpful for you if you wanna really understand maybe some of the psychological uh, reasons why church people can be judgmental. Um, Another thing that we talked about lightly was, is there a place for accountability in church? And we might end up touching that topic a little bit even again tonight. Um, And then the other one that we ended with was is it wrong or unloving for someone to hold you accountable for your professed beliefs? And uh, that was a very good one as well. And in the middle of that, we went into so many other avenues that weren't even on our docket of things to talk about that you need to hear. So um, again, go back to any of our pages and check that out from two weeks ago. Tonight we're gonna open up with a few more questions here. Uh, the first one is this: Is disagreement or the belief that someone or something is wrong judgment? So I'll rephrase it just to make sure we all understand the question. Is it judgment to disagree with someone or believe that they or something that they are doing is wrong? Uh, Philip, why, why don't you tackle that one first? Um, That's, a, that's an interesting question.
2: Nicole, um, the, the original, the, the simple answer to your question is no. But there's a little bit of gray area in that question. Because where judgment comes into play with that is when you you think somebody is wrong and your your first thought is oh they're going to hell because of that. True. Because as as humans we can't put nobody in hell, we can't put nobody in heaven, which is why a lot of people whenever they talk about hey like like they'll bring up somebody from the past or somebody and be like hey do you think like like this person made it to heaven and I'm like I mean you you got to be careful when, when talking about stuff like that because we can't put people in heaven and we can't put people in hell only God can do that now we can um we can we can tell uh, who a person is by uh, you know their fruits which is what the bible says um, by the way they they acted, you know they profess, they profess their faith and the way they live their life you can make um, certain sound um, assumptions about a person, but you can't necessarily put anybody in heaven and put anybody in hell. So, I mean, the, the simple answer to your question is no, uh, because thinking thinking that somebody thinking that somebody is wrong isn't judgment, but thinking that that person uh, is going to hell for being what you think is wrong that's judgment.
0: So, so let's let's push that a little bit. So, so someone is going to hell, right? Hell, hell exists. Yeah. Um, and I—that's an argument that some of you watching probably don't agree with the concept of hell. God bless you. That's not really what we're talking about tonight. Um, if we're following the biblical accounts, hell exists. Yeah. So it sure does. And, and and on top of that, there are scriptures that suggests that certain action or attitude lands someone in hell. Mm -hmm. Now, while we don't have a heaven or hell to put anyone in, um, is is it judgment to say that, well, that is a behavior type I'm not talking about like if it is a personal conviction of mine that's not rooted in anything outside of what I think. Like, oh, I don't think women should wear skirts that are higher than their knees. If you do, you're going to hell. That's a personal opinion or personal conviction. I can't continue to hell based off of that. Right. But if you are a consistent liar or if you are a murderer and on, on that tip, you know, obviously there's the forgiveness of sins, but you are continuing in that. Uh, you're not repentant of that. Is it really judgment for me to believe that you're going to hell? Not necessarily. Not necessarily.
2: No, but um. it, you do pose, you do pose a very good question though, because if somebody is, um, being, cause I mean, in, 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 in this, in this world, we have a lot of pretenders, you know, that's why, you know, I've heard I've heard a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers say that, you know, you got people that are going to hell that even sit next to you on the pew. I mean, that's true, because some people just pretend that way. Um, most people can't pick them out, but, you know, that's where, but that's kind of where the whole judgment thing comes into play is because, like, yes, we can't necessarily put nobody there. But based off of what, the way you act, based off of your life, the way you live your life, how you even treat people, we can make, we can make assumptions. Now to make a big deal about it, you know, to to be just going around telling everybody, oh, you go in there hell because you know you vote a Democrat or something like that. You know, it's just it, it's just kind of childish for us to play this little game of guessing who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. You know, um, and 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 the reason, even though that's not necessarily in the question, the reason I brought that up is because that is kind of like an extreme um, example of judgment, is you know Christians mm-hmm. that kind of saying like, oh, you're wrong, oh, you're sinning, which in turn basically means like, oh, you're going to hell because of the decisions that you're making, and et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of church people like to push their personal preferences and kind of use that as gospel. And then they, they judge people based off of their personal metric versus off of what the Bible says. That's right. So it's absolutely. Right. That's 100%. 100%.
0: Where, where, where would you what would be your your take on that um the disagreement or the belief that someone or something is wrong is that judgment
1: mm, y'all hit it on the head honestly it's not because um it can be a it can be uh a turn it could be a object of personal conviction you know one minister thinks that a woman needs to wear uh sleeves all the way down to her her wrist and one minister doesn't care he's just like eh, they can and wear spaghetti straps for all I care. And it may be a difference of opinion. You know, It may be just a difference of opinion. And for that, no. But if we're talking about something that is in the Bible, like God says, the Bible says to not fornicate, Bible says to not um, covet thy neighbor's wife and to not be prideful, to not be envious, all that kind of stuff. If you're doing that kind of stuff, if you're a liar, if you're a cheater, then the, I think the proper verbiage to use would be, you can go to hell if you don't repent.
2: Absolutely. So, Absolutely.
1: so, so now, if you don't give that if, that however comma, then yes, you're, you're judging, saying you're going to hell. Yes, that's judgment. But if you say you're on a bad path if you don't repent, that's not judgment. In my opinion, that's just simply concern for your soul.
2: Yeah.
1: Which I think I is okay to a point.
0: I agree. And I, I would agree. I don't, I don't think to disagree or believe that someone is wrong is judgment. And, and to me, what I've noticed is that it, it almost seems like if you're watching our social media accounts and even having conversations with a lot of people is if, if their uh, thought process or their course of action is disagreed with by someone who says that they're a believer. Automatically, it's labeled as judgment, and 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 I I understand that church people can be judgmental. I've seen the girls who got pregnant and the people treated them horribly. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen the people who have left the church and were talked about and ostracized and. Everything was said about them. And so I've, uh, and unfortunately, I've even been a part of some of those things that were said. I've had people that I've had to go back to you and say, hey, you know what? Honestly, I owe you an apology because when you decided that you were no longer going to participate in going uh, to church, um, I talked about you. And I said this and I, I've had those conversations. So I understand I understand that church people can be judgmental. However, I think it's unfair to label church people judgmental and not label everybody judgmental because I think it's hypocritical, for example, for you to label church people as judgmental and then be a fan of the shade room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. people in general, regardless of whether you're in church or not, people are judgmental, whether they're, it doesn't matter where the where, where they are. Gossip happens everywhere. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, ostracizing and criticizing, this happens everywhere. So I think on one hand, we have to be careful that we're not labeling accountability judgment, because accountability goes in various places, in various spaces, right? <laughs> I mean, um, and so if if you're missing the mark and someone is calling that out, that's not necessarily judgment. Um, to the same token, uh, I think that there is real judgment, but it's not necessarily, well, it it is and it isn't fair to judge the church more harshly for that than other people. And here's why I say it is and it isn't.
2: Right? <laughs>
0: Oh, sorry, I was laughing at a comment, sorry. Uh, oh, you're good. Uh, so so the, the, on the on, on the one hand, I think it is fair because in many cases, and or if I'd say even in most cases, we have not presented ourselves as a people of grace, right? And so if we don't uh, present ourselves as a people of grace, right? then what we're going to end up is um, people expecting us to completely live up to everything that is the ideal of our faith. So if we don't teach grace in the fact that all of us are in process and the fact that we are in church because we need help. We're not in there because we're great. If absolutely. We present that aspect of things, then it is fair. But then to the same token, on the other hand, I don't think it is fair because we don't put, it's like church people are people. They're just people that go to church, just like work people, just like anyone else. So I, I think that we have to have, um, we have to have something in us, in, in our minds that equally weighs um, how we judge people or how we how we would associate people to have a negative or positive trait because i i don't i think that church just has that bad reputation the other side of this too that i, I wanted to tackle it seems to me like a big reason why the church has the reputation for judgment is because church people call church people judgmental Mm-hmm. True. Yes. True. Like I don't feel like everybody is calling, uh, church people judgmental. A lot do, but some people—it's like where if they've never had anything to do with the church, where would they get that idea from?
2: Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, I mean, what was you? We're about? in that same group, but I think one thing that that really, um, kind of sets apart church people from everybody else when it comes to the whole I guess judgment thing or kind of a gossiping thing like you know people they'll say like oh you know the church is uh, uh they gossip over there and you know they're judgmental over there and whatever but I think what makes it worse for the church po- folks is the fact that our our measure of grace is supposed to be bigger than yes life. I agree that's right our measure of grace it is supposed to be much bigger. We're supposed to give it more freely. We're supposed to love more. Like the, that stuff, we're supposed to do more, not necessarily talk about folks more. We ain't supposed to judge folks more. What we're supposed to do is really give everybody more grace than what the world offers them. Um, and, and sure, sad that, you know, some people, and, and obviously this isn't every single church, you know, we're not going to talk about the church as a whole, but, you know, it's sad that some people have went to churches and have been mistreated in that aspect and, and have been um, judged and they've been talked about and, and, and uh, ostracized and some people excommunicate, excommunicated from the church, you know. <laughs> And it's sad because that's not what the church is supposed to do. It's supposed to be um, a loving, a place that gives out love in the most freely way that it can possibly give, and it's supposed to give out grace exactly the same way. Everybody was extended um, that grace by God. Um, So that thing is like we are, and Christy has just put it in the chat, we're held, we're supposed to be held to a higher standard of grace and love than everybody else. So I feel like it really hurts people and rubs people the wrong way, even more so in the church when they're gossiped about and judged more than it does the world. Because some people give some people put out the argument like, oh, there's judgmental people at the gym, but you still go to the gym. Oh, there's judgmental people at your work, but you still go to work. Yeah. But the expectation of love from the people at the gym and work is a lot lower than it is at church. That's right. So that's why I feel like it really rubs people the wrong way when that kind of stuff happens in church. Um, and from and coming from church folks is just simply because our standard is supposed to be higher in the aspect of grace and love.
1: Yeah. 100%. Um, I agree. I 100% agree. Um, I'll give this analogy. It's like, uh, for instance, I, uh, I do Olympic weightlifting. Um, it's been around for ever it's been around forever. <laughs> and um and it's very it's very it's not something like regular gym stuff like curls or bench press that you can just walk into a gym and just pick up right you have to sit under a coach and it's very it's very 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 technical and the thing is is like my coach when i first started uh, about four months ago he he like i had terrible technique i was messing up all the time I was doing, I was developing bad habits and my coach never fired me. My coach never got mad at me. Okay. And I, I, think that we gotta, you, we have to do it. We have to act the same way when it comes to Christianity and when people come into church or when just we have existing members is just treat it as we are critiquing somebody's technique and just saying, Hey, I know it feels comfortable doing this, but if you're trying to snatch, 130 kilos you need to do this okay so he wasn't he never one time belittled me for my form he never one time belittled me for my technique it's like in the hospital hospital uh nurses i um, justin your wife's a nurse right yes uh, nurses yes. have nurses have um bad patients okay they have bad patients that they don't like dealing with because they tell them do something they never do it or they fight them on it all the time and they you know and it's just it's always a headache But the thing is, is when that nurse goes back into work, that nurse is always, always gonna still do their best to administer the care that they need. That is why I always, that is why I always say that the church is a hospital because even when somebody doesn't wanna take their meds because it makes them drowsy, it makes them nauseous and they're like, I'm sick of this, I wanna die. You're still there to say, hey man, look, you gotta take these meds you, you got to take these minutes. So it's it's just it's one of those things that we have to be we have to have that uh I'm trying to think of the churchy term or the term using the bible. We have to have that that love, that that agape love. We got to have that that long suffering. There we go. Long suffering. There we go. Got to have long suffering with people. And I think long suffering has been lost on the church because we feel like hey, the plan's laid out. There's no there's no ambiguity. Like, here's, here's what the Bible says, there's no ambiguity, and you're supposed to get it right off the bat. And the thing is, is that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Um, you don't know what background somebody comes from. Um, they may come from a very analytical background where they were atheist, agnostic. Um, they may be Wiccan. Um, Church of Satan, who knows what background they come from. They probably won't tell you. That's why we always have to be long suffering. We have to be long suffering when we're trying when we're dealing with people. This is a people business. This is a people business.
0: Absolutely. So and 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 again, you know, that's why I said it's it's it is fair and it's not fair because on one hand we are just people, but on the other hand we should, you know, like we we should we we don't present ourselves as just people. So if we're not gonna present ourselves as just people, we can't necessarily be mad that we get a certain reputation when we don't act like what we are supposed to act like. So I think there's both sides to it. And I think the theme that keep, we keep circling back to is how grace is not the fundamental or the, the uh, foundation rather of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And because it's not, we don't exude that same grace to other people, right? Uh, At least not all the time. Um, Or sometimes what I've found is that we are more gracious outside of the church setting than we are when we're amongst other Christians. Mm -hmm. Like It's this mindset that Oh yeah, man, kick them out of the church, or oh yeah, they're horrible, or blase, blase. And then if you were to have uh, another conversation with that same person in private, they're actually a lot more gracious, a lot more lenient, a lot more caring um, ab- about uh, another's feelings, right? Um, than they are when they're with other other Christians. Um, so I do think. Let's see. Uh, James here says gossip is the same as being a tattletale. Accountability must be done correctly. Gaslighting someone doesn't help. Uh, I think absolutely. You're 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 so right. Um, gossip is pretty much. I mean, well, I guess it's similar to being a tattletale. Um, and accountability absolutely must be done correctly. So let's tackle that. So, what does it mean? for accountability to be done correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Because it seems to me that in most situations, if you say anything to someone about what they are saying or what they're doing or what their actions are, you are automatically labeled that's, as that's being judgmental. Whether that is public, whether that is private, as soon as someone calls you on the carpet for what you're doing, they're labeled as judgmental. It doesn't matter what tone of voice that's being used. So, how do we want to be held accountable? I mean, because accountability is never going to feel good. No, no, it's not. It's, no. not, it's painful.
2: But I mean, totally. like, like was mentioned last time, sometimes it does matter about who it comes from. Because some people they'll listen to, like I mean, if, if a if a billionaire came out of nowhere and told you that. What you were doing was the wrong thing for you to do if you wanted to be successful in life. Most people will be like, okay, yeah, sure, tell me, tell me what to do. Point me in the right direction. Like they'll, they'll just they'll take it. They don't they don't even care what they say. They'll be like, okay, be blunt with me. Like, am I doing this right? Am I spending, you know, this right? Am I working this? And then if the person's like, um, no, the way you do this is trash, so you gotta do it this way. And then everybody's like, okay, 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 I'll, I'll do that. So it's like, it, it it does kind of depend on who it comes from, but as a whole, just people in general, like this doesn't have to be church people. I mean, an, an accountability thing doesn't always come from somebody that's a billionaire status. Sometimes it's gonna come. A, a peer-to-peer accountability is like the most common accountability. It's the most and common.
0: Difficult to receive.
2: Exactly because it's like it's it's hard for people to take accountability for somebody that they see as an equal, which is kind of. Interesting to think about because, like, what what's the point of having peers? What's the point of having people around if they can't keep you accountable? So I think everybody as a whole, I mean, like I said, not just church people, but everybody as a whole needs to learn how to take accountability, constructive criticism. Um, every everybody's personality is different, of course, and you can always find a reason to say, "Oh, this person came at me sideways." Oh, this person came at me disrespectful and this and this you you can say all all these things if you want to um but until you actually learn how to actually be accountable um to yourself and to other people it's going to be hard for you to even accept constructive criticism and accountability from your peers
0: yeah sure and i think this this is what it comes down to to me is how committed are you to improving yourself Mm -hmm. in whatever sphere that is in. Because I think that sometimes when we are not committed to getting better in a genre or within a sphere, whether that be church or elsewise, we reject accountability. Mm -hmm. But if I'm actually committed to getting better, does it really matter where the betterment comes from? It shouldn't. And, and I, I think that that's where, where we've failed is I don't think we're all trying to really get better or, or we're not necessarily as, as dedicated um, to this bettering uh, as we ought to because we are all in a journey. We're all on a journey, right? And there are people along with you who see things from a different vantage point. That is the point of community. And I think that when, when I if, – but if I'm not committed to trying to get better, trying to improve, trying to see myself in a different place today than I was a year ago. If I'm not committed to that process, then I get to pick and choose. Well, no, you didn't say that to me right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can completely shut down what's in your heart. And this is one of the things that I feel like we tie back to this judgment piece is a lot of times we're, we call things judgment because we don't know the people's heart. And it's not always because they haven't expressed their heart. It's because we haven't heard their heart. Yeah. And there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Yes, but Sometimes yes. someone can express their heart, but you don't hear their heart because of the preconceived notion that you have about their motive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes presumption, presume. I mean, assuming. Um, honestly, man, the, let's take the story for that, that, at the woman at the well. I was, uh, I don't know if y'all saw me post this on my story a couple of weeks ago, but it was a uh, YPJ and he was preaching and, um, and he made a really good point. He said, correction without instruction is abuse
0: mm-hmm.
1: and He said he was taking the woman out. Well, you know, she had her accusers around her and they were about to stone her. And Jesus stepped in and he said, he who is without he who is without sin cast the first stone and they walked away and he looked at her. He said, where are your accusers? At that point, he covered her. He covered her. He said, where are your accusers? And she's like, there's there's nobody that is accusing me and he said okay now this is where it gets interesting he could have just said all right you're good bye but he covered her and then he gave yeah. her instruction he said go oh, no yeah. and sin no more and so he made the point that instruction uh, correction without instruction is abuse because if that's, you're just going really around if you're just correcting somebody this is what you're doing you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you remember Philip in basic training? Yeah, we yeah. you're no. wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. you know No,
0: no. Yeah,
1: like when you talk to a dog and a dog is about to go eat something they're not supposed to. No, no. right? <laughs> no, right?
0: You know, that's Humphrey. not. That's, you know, <laughs> that
1: can get abusive. But yeah. if you if you if Absolutely. you look at a child like when you know when we were kids and mom would say don't do that, she would after she corrects us she would say this is why you're not supposed to do that
2: yeah yeah same thing with that you brought up a great point about use. so
1: the thing is 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 when people if if people don't get that instruction after the correction they're going (laughs) to think that you're abusing them they're going to think that you're you're you know beating them over the head but that's and that's not what we want to do that's not what we want to do
2: no no but that's the big problem is a lot of people want to give out the correction, but they're not knowledgeable enough to give out instruction. And then that's where abuse sure. comes into play. Because if you're going to call somebody out for doing something, like you should at least be be there to help them along the way. Um, even Even if you're a peer, even if y'all are both equal in skill, intellect, whatever, at least being there and helping that person with instruction is better than just telling them that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. that, that's actually a great point. I mean, yeah, I mean, correction. It's like, without, is, it's is, like,
1: it, it's it's like in the military when you bring up, hey, we have a problem. Our, the first thing people are going to say is, all right, what's your solution? And if you have nothing to say, then there everybody's going to be like, shut up.
2: <laughs> if You
1: don't have a solution. Keep your mouth closed. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to point out, if you're going to try and course correct somebody, first things first. You need to say, "Hey, I'm doing this from a place of love. I love you. I used to struggle with the same thing. Here's how we get better.
2: Simple. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. And sometimes you're not like you don't necessarily uh, like like to, to allude back to my point. You don't necessarily have to know everything. You don't have to have mm. answers. But the point of and it's it's kind of a theme in the comments right now. Community. The point of community is that y'all are in unity." So y'all are doing these things together and not necessarily calling somebody out for doing something wrong. And yet you're not there to help them through it. You're not there to uh, help keep them accountable. You're not. And and also you're not opening yourself up to be accountable to them as well. Yes. So it's
1: like the uh, the uh, the program that I'm a part of at church is called seven. And it's for people that have hurts happens. I talked about this last time, um, pretty, but pretty much in order. We're trying to, the purpose of that program is to give a sense of community for people who have addictions, people who have things that they've been holding a grudge over a long time ago. It's to give people a sense of community to know that, Hey, you're not the only person going through this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people give sure. that illusion that they give that illusion when it comes to church, that, I'm perfect, and you're not and and it's just like it, it's nobody wants to be a part of that because if you've been if you've been around the block and you've you've had a really rough time in life, like you're not going to want to be around people like that the, you know yeah. that saying goes birds of a feather flock together, and if you feel like yes you don't fit in at church because you're not perfect enough, then you're not going to continue going back to church.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And I think what you guys have just hit on is the difference between judgment and accountability. Yeah. If you you can't hold someone accountable by only giving them the bad part. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're wrong. Okay, great. Because the thing is, nine times out of ten when someone's done something wrong, they already knew it was wrong. Whether they knew it when they did it or, or shortly after that most people have enough intuition to know when they're uh, when they're when they're off I think yeah. for the sake of uh, when we're talking about accountability accountability is the ability uh, to to help someone keep a, an account it is going through the process and what you brought up um, Caleb a second ago was Jesus with the woman caught in the act of adultery, um, and, and that's very interesting. Uh, even that it's a woman caught in the act of adultery as if she was the only one there. Um, because historically, I think the church does judge women harsher than they judge men.
1: Um, 100%. On that.
0: Oh yeah. Don't, 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 don't get them started. <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> on that. We do that. Right because if the guy gets the girl pregnant right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know oh boys will be boys oh but the girl right he just fell but the girl oh she had a child out of wedlock she didn't do that by herself oh she's so dirty like (laughs) you know um, we're so harsh and judgmental our dress codes are everything is about how the women should or should not dress we have nothing to say about the men in the church and what they have on or don't have on you know none of that matters let his nipples be out nobody cares yeah. but the women oh mm, my cheeks, god no, no, okay. no. y'all have to walk with,
2: with, with a stick on your back like you just got to be the most statue yeah. it's just like it's it's kind of weird but you know what's funny is like i look at it and i'm kind of like i got to take my glasses off for this one it's weird because people oh. They'll judge. So they'll judge the women harsher. But sometimes whenever I look at the Bible, I'm like, even though they have like, especially like the church has these like outward standards for women and everything. The Bible deals so much with the heart of men. Thank you. And that's talked about enough is the heart of men there's a reason why a lot of times the men were charged with, 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 you know, uh, positions of, of leadership and stuff like that, but their heart was dealt with a little bit more because and if, if I can say it like this, their heart was dealt with in a harsher way because with, with most guys on, on the outside, you can't really judge a dude, you know, you can't really, you can't really judge him that much. I mean, you, I mean, you got, you got dudes and you got like, hippie dudes like they look i mean obviously that's like too drastic but i mean you can't really judge a man um that much based off on his outward appearance what you can judge a man by is his actions his heart and everything that you know he's about um which a lot of like you know a man has to live by a code and this and that and this and that yeah, yeah. men are judged or really supposed to be judged by their heart and it's weird because especially in in the how do i put it in the circle that we were growing up in, ah. that wasn't <laughs> at all.
1: Look at you being diplomatic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it wasn't dealt oh all. At least for me not growing up. There was nothing about, you know, the how 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 men should really act and how they should go about uh treating sure. women. It
1: was all the women. The women maids and baby
2: yeah. vending machines. We, 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 and it's just like, huh? Hold on,
0: hold on, hold wait a second. I'm loving it. <laughs> he said, wait, wait, wait,
2: wait. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give <him a> <laughs>
1: I'm trying to behave, y'all. Three. I'm trying to behave.
2: I tried, I tried, I tried, man. I said I said circle. That's all I said. That's
1: all I oh said. man. You said baby vending machine. I'm, I'm, I'm being for real with you, man. Like, she can't do nothing. She can't talk. She gotta she gotta pop out babies and 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 cook food and wash dishes.
2: Mm-hmm. And if she has an opinion.
1: She has an opinion. Oh brother, you better get your wife in line. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> what? A- <laughs> What am I supposed to? What am I supposed to beat her in submission? Like, come on, man! Some of them did. Some of them did. did. Yes, the story, Aaron—not Aaron, uh, Aaron. Uh, Justin—the stories that I
0: have heard. Huh? Have mercy, Jesus. Let's continue. But the church, uh, in many, in many instances, is extremely, extremely, extremely misogynistic.
2: Oh, yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: very misogynistic.
0: And so, when when we're so misogynistic, um, in, in our approach, right? Like, okay, I'm just gonna go crazy, let's go ahead and go crazy. I know, go crazy, I know, bro. Crazy, I, bro. I, I know <laughs> this is gonna get me in a little trouble, but it's okay. Like, even <laughs> the fact that we call God a he, mm-hmm. right? Don't touch that.
1: All
0: right, here we go. Here we go. We we, we identify God as he, Mm -hmm. but God is not he or she. God Mm -hmm. is spirit. But we identify with God more in the male tense Mm -hmm. because we identify with male and power. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Male equals power. Like this is just, this is the uh, uh, the mindset of the world. Right. We're extremely misogynistic and we carry that over into our faith. So yeah. when it comes down to when churches judge men or versus judging women, we automatically see men as more perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's what true, it is I mean, true. I mean, Men can just kind of hide,
2: that's the thing, men can hide what they do. Oh yeah. But with yeah. women, everything is external. You know, there's more emotion, there's more outward. You know, appearance, of course. So, if a yeah. woman,
1: if a woman is 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 wilding, let's just say I'm not gonna say the other term. If a woman is wilding. <laughs> you'll eventually know if she gets pregnant. Philip, You know who I'm talking about. You eventually know if she was pregnant. But a man, he can wild out all he wants to. Just as long as he's smart, and right, and you know, straps up, he's good. He's good. Nobody yeah. knows unless he tells somebody. And and a lot of people, and a lot of men, a lot of misogynistic men, give that, have that, 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 um, that mindset, that that false security. They can do whatever they want. They but have like, all these skeletons everybody. in their closet, and what? when a woman does something wrong, kill her. Now I'm, with
0: her. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the problem. The men have that sense of security. I won't even call it false security. Mm-hmm. Their security is the fact that men get covered. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, they're covered. The way Jesus covered the woman caught in adultery is
0: how men are covered in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is what happened. Even in that scripture you just brought up, with the woman caught in the act of adultery, like she was caught in the act with the man. Mm-hmm. But they didn't did. bring the man to Jesus? <laughs> like what happened to they the dragged, man?
1: Justin, they dragged her out the room, naked, in the middle of the street, yes. getting ready to stone her.
2: Like right. for, some, for some reason, for some reason, I mean, and this has been the case for thousands of years, as we as we can see with the scripture, it's it's like where was the man in this equation so it's it's like and and, and to kind of bring it back um uh, to, to to the whole judgment thing is like there is kind of, there there's kind of always been this this sense of security that men have felt that they can kind of do what they do hide it nobody will really find out and Every and then they and then you know they can just walk up in the church with their nice suit and their tie and their their hairdo just perfectly you know you know just there and and they can you know do their little bunny bounce and say hallelujah or whatever and nobody is none the wiser because men's emotions aren't as powerful as women's and everything you know so they don't they don't they probably wouldn't wear their heart on on their you know so I'm sitting up there like
1: oh we're coming for it. We want Aaron! Oh, Aaron, you go for the throat don't today. Don't do I don't know if we got time. Don't do it to him, Aaron! Don't do, we, do it do to get him. Are you for that one? We don't got time. We got about fifteen minutes, bro.
0: <laughs> but uh, that's a whole nother concert. We're still on the first that's question. A yeah. Yeah. Other but that's a whole live. But actually, yeah, we move on. We're supposed to go
2: second. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll go ahead and get to the second question. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to this whole judgment piece, I do agree that in many instances. Um, we we just touched two really big issues. Number one, there's a, a lack of grace. A huge lack. And then there is a lack of equality between genders. Yes. Because when it comes down to judgment from the church, more likely than not, the woman gets the harder time of it than a man does for the exact same thing. And 100%. that is an issue. Um, well, the
1: thing is, is, is the Bible says that God judges us on the thoughts and intents of our hearts.
2: Yeah, yes. which is which kind of it kind of brings up a better kind of what I was alluding to earlier. God likes to deal with men's hearts a lot more, I feel like, than women. So if God judges us on the thoughts and intents of the heart. I feel like a lot of men will be disappointed on judgment day mm-hmm. when they find out, you know, that their thoughts and intentions, because they were not pure, but they're out, they're out, their outward yeah. man maybe seemed perfect, everything seemed okay, everything seemed holy. But what God looks at and what God judges us judge mm-hmm. us on is about our heart and our intentions. So all these, you know, you know, people, can, you know, women will, will often bring up, you know, these men, they're manipulative, they're this and they're that. Don't worry, honey. God's got them. You ain't got to worry about that. Granted, it okay. may not it may not be fair because, you know, the men may be treated in a certain way and then the women aren't. But God is a God. He's a just God. And he will—he he just, you know, because he judges uh, um, all of us based off the, thought, the thoughts and intentions of our heart. You know, he 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 always comes around.
1: Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot, lot of men in heaven.
0: Go ahead, go ahead.
1: There's going to be a lot of men in heaven that say, or at the judgment throne, that say, "God, I never cheated on my wife, but you sure did fantasize about it." Huh? Got him. Yikes.
0: <laughs> anyway, I, I think just to kind of tack on to Philip's point, though, uh, about about God judging us all, and for the women not to worry about men, I, I do want to say this. And this might get me in trouble too, but <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I, I don't oh, think that that wrong. means, <laughs> uh, I think, I think that I, I do want to say this. I, I think that women do have to speak up about, uh, gender inequality.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So
0: don't, don't take on this idea that we're just going to deal with oppressive behaviors for men until Jesus comes back no, no. at the judgment. God's going to get them. Like, no, no. no. Yeah, th- th- yeah. Like, that's
2: definitely not what I meant. But yeah, that's yeah. Not what he,
1: she'll that's end not up what being like saying. that lady in the Bible that drove a spike in that dude's head.
2: <laughs>
0: we yeah. don't want that. <laughs> right. You know, so don't, don't, don't do that because I, I didn't want anybody to get the idea from what from what you said. And I know a lot of people don't like. Oh my gosh, women are to keep silent in the church. First of all, most of you need to stop quoting that scripture because you're reading it out of context. Wow. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Hold another, life. Hold another,
2: life. <laughs> another
0: life, another life, <laughs> <laughs> Hold another life, another life, another life, another life, right there. But in our last couple of minutes, we've talked a lot about about judgment. We've talked a lot about accountability. Um, but we need to talk about we talked about grace. Let let's give a definition though. Let's give some definition in our last few minutes. Um, what does it mean for churches and for Christians to be loving a- according to the tenets of our faith, not according to the definition of people who say, Let me do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it, and don't say anything. You know, because it seems like that is the definition that most people call up, and we have to accept the fact that there that that it's it's a it's a possibility that for some people, the church will always have the reputation of being judgmental, regardless of what we do, regardless of what we change, regardless of what we adjust. But according to our faith, what does it mean? for churches and for Christians to be loving. Um, Philip, why don't you go ahead and take that one first?
2: I mean, I feel like dancing to that one, uh, Caleb, I mean, that, 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 that quote that, uh, that Caleb quoted earlier, honestly answers that perfectly, that the correction without the instruction, that's destructive. Um, that's it, I feel like that's what it really means to be loving as a, as a Christian, as, as somebody that um, professes to be a Christian and loves God Um, I feel like because being a Christian uh, doesn't give us the authority to uh, just always call people out on the carpet and tell people that they're wrong. Um, Jesus never charged the church with that. He charged the church with preaching the gospel. Um, He didn't charge the church with telling people that they're sinners. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself, as far as I can recall, never just went up to somebody and said that you're a sinner. But guess what he called the Pharisees and Sadducees, you know? So him, him, him dealing with the people that, you know, were religious and thought they were perfect and tried to call everybody else out, him dealing with them, he called them vipers. But dealing with yeah. everybody else, he dealt with out of a place of love and out of a place of instruction. You know, you were you were doing this wrong before, but yes. now let me show you the way. That's what it really means to be loving as a Christian, is being able to, even though, yes, like I said, we don't have all the answers. Uh, I mean, we have, we have the Bible that has all the answers and we can point you to the Bible. We can give you scriptures in context, scriptures in context, I wanna put, I wanna really emphasize that, in context, yeah. reading, to be able to help you tackle whatever issue it is that you may be facing. Um, there's always, uh, and a lot of times we may try to fight some fleshly battles or some spiritual battles with a fleshly cure or fleshly antidote, and it doesn't really work like that. Some things, you know, like addiction takes spiritual intervention. It takes, um, a a biblical approach. So, um, yes, we may not have all the answers, but we have access to all the answers. And that's what it really means, in, in my opinion, to be a loving Christian, Caleb,
0: yeah Caleb, why, why, why don't you take that away um you hit it on the nail on
1: the head, head Philip um somebody brought up in the comments it was let me call the name Rahim monique Johnson shout out to y'all but Rahim monique brought up a good point and it's community 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 that is what it's going to take to live a transformed life, okay. Um, I'm we 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 like to ever since I was a kid going to church, putting on your proverbial mask was very very normal, right? You went into church and they're like, "Brother Caleb, how you doing? I'm doing really good." <laughs> addiction, brother, sister, whatever your name is, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Tried to commit suicide the other night, like we put on these masks all the time. And if we really took the mask off and said, look, I got problems. And everybody else took their mask off and said, I got problems too. We would be able to facilitate deliverance in our churches. And there wouldn't be judgment. There would not be any judgment. So I personally feel community and transparency is what is going to be able to differ in, diff, differentiate churches that are loving and that are not judgmental. Justin,
2: transparency. That's honestly that's a big one. That was huge, man.
0: Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with definitely. Um, first of all, transparency. Um, I think one of the ways for us to be loving is to be willing to share of ourselves yeah of our own experiences of our own struggles to make ourselves vulnerable to people uh, to come down off of our high horse and be on people's level. Um, but then the other thing is I think that in order to be loving, we have to be patient. I mean there's like perfect definitions of what love and competence is. We have to understand that loving, is, loving people is not, it's not really a matter of how you feel about people as much as it's a matter of how you handle people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think oftentimes where we will fail is in how we handle people, even though sometimes we might feel one way, we handle people a different way. So, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not puffed up. It doesn't push itself up uh, in front of people. It is long-suffering. It is enduring. Um, so I think if we were to sum it all up, uh, in order for Christians and for churches to be loving, we have to be willing to walk the journey with everyone at the pace that their journey is. Nice.
1: Mm,
0: that's so true. It does. We don't put a timer on them. We, we don't put a speedometer on them. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we don't measure them, but we simply say, hey, what is your journey? What is your pace? And we are walking with you on that. That is that is being loving, and it's not without correction. It is not without accountability. It, it is not without moments of chastisement, but it is without uh, it is without judgment or correction with no point to it. Yeah. It, it is without comparison to other people's processes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is simply say. I, I think that's the easiest way I could sum up my 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 definition of it is it, it it for me to be a loving Christian is to take everyone just as they are, take their journey just as it is, and say, let me walk with you and help you to be improved and help you to become a better you, not to become a better me, not to become a a, a better somebody else. How do I help you become a better you? At the end of the day, being a good Christian um, is all of us developing into the best version of who God created us to be okay. It's not all of us becoming this cookie cutter person, this this you know uh, the same nature, the same greeting, uh, you know all of that It's about us becoming as individuals. Uh, the best version of who God's created us to be. So true.
2: Yeah. I mean, so true. One thing, uh, I mean, in 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 the book of Proverbs, when it talks about ironing, iron sharpeneth iron. The fact is, um, like, even though you're, uh, and I, I probably alluded to this earlier, even though you're holding somebody else accountable, and even though you're helping somebody else, that person equally is helping you as well. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's, that's that's the sense of community, like. Um, yeah. I feel like sometimes uh, in, in church, people can get caught up with the whole, oh, I'm helping this person. Like, oh, I'm ministering to this person. And, oh, I just want to help people. But uh, you really have to be vulnerable enough to be like, yes, you know, I'm not perfect. So I'm also, uh, you know, expecting you to sharpen me, helping, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm expecting you to help keep me accountable. Or, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, that's iron, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. both you're right. both and you, know, you it takes both of you to sharpen each other, not just yeah. one to you know sharpen just one, you know. That's right. Absolutely.
1: Um I have one more thing to add. Uh there's a sermon on YouTube from N A Y C last year, and it's from the pastor Matthew Tuttle. And the sermon title was You Cannot Measure a Miracle. Okay.
2: A great sermon.
1: Put it was great a great sermon. sermon. Justin, I highly encourage you to go watch it.
2: Masterpiece.
1: You cannot measure a miracle. Put away your measuring stick. Put away your measuring stick. Break (laughs) it and let God do his thing. Let God do his thing. Um, Because if we don't do that, if we're constantly meddling in, God can't do anything. But as soon as we turn it over to him, it doesn't matter how much that person wiles out and does whatever. God has his hand on them. And what we should do is pray for them and not sit there and act like we are the
0: ones that are going to fix them. 100. Um, wow, we've Phyllis. been just over an hour. This has been an incredible conversation. Um, I think we can end it right here. This has been awesome. awesome. I want everybody to, again, if you haven't already, like and share it. In fact, if you if you have shared it, share it again. Um. Everyone needs to see this. This has been an incredible conversation. We are coming back to you. This is probably going to be our last live for this year. By the time we are back on, we're going to be in 2021. Uh, So I would just say uh, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Um, Anything that you guys have coming out that you guys want people to see or anything you're going to be posting or doing that you want everybody to take note of?
1: Um, I would just say, um, same thing you said, Justin, just like and share and um, share with, share with everybody. Cause we're trying to, we're trying to spark a conversation with a lot of people. We're trying to get multiple opinions coming in. We're trying to have a conversation. This isn't what we do. This isn't a, you know, what we say is law and we think we're the only ones, right? That's not what this is. This is a conversation that we want every single one of you and your friends to join in on. So I highly encourage you to like and share and also um, also be praying for us, um, definitely be praying for us. Uh, but uh, yes, Philip, you got anything?
2: No, I mean, um, like like has been said, just uh, like and share, please. We, re- we really do appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate everyone who stopped by. And, and and all of the comments like I, I i literally read every single comment as they come in um, i really do appreciate the comments and i mean we, we all we all do so um yes, we're, yeah we're gonna have more more coming here in the in the future uh, we're gonna try to have better conversations um and uh and more conversations because conversations need to be had um yeah we appreciate you coming mm-hmm. in and uh yeah god bless we'll see you next time
1: I love you guys love you guys
2: love everybody love everybody
1: good night all right